to She Who Overcomes, the podcast where we help you transform your life, leadership, and career. I'm Mandy B. Anderson. And I'm Rachel Perman, and we are your hosts. We believe that what you've overcome makes you a leader. With a little help from two experienced coaches, that's us, you'll find the clarity and direction that you need to rise up, lead well, and live with intention. You were born to be an overcomer. So grab your coffee and let's hang out. Hey, Overcomers, it's Mandy, and I am here with another solo episode this week, and I'm actually talking to you while I'm driving in my car, so I need to apologize for the sound quality right off the bat. This is not a reflection on my on my husband's ability to edit a podcast. I just feel like I need to say that because he cares so much about what our sound quality is like that in the moments where I have to multitask, um, I just I just want to let you know that. So I don't. I have heard other podcasters share things from their car and. As long as the message is good, I'm okay putting up with some of the sound quality issues sometimes. So hopefully you can bear with me as we drive together for this episode. And hopefully the message will be worth it. So I wanted to give you a little bit of a life update because I've been MIA for a few weeks. And that is because I ended up in the hospital for a tune-up for cystic fibrosis. And... A CF tune-up is something that usually happens for me every, oh, I don't know, three to four years is kind of my average. And my last one was October 2017, so I was definitely due for one. The thing about this tune-up, though, is... First of all, it was kind of a surprise. Um, it kind of just crept up on me. I thought maybe I would have a month of trying some at-home inhaled antibiotics um, because I noticed my lung functions had kind of been steadily dropping since February, and um, they weren't going back up. And I just wasn't feeling great, and I had a lot of um, other odd health issues going on, like I had to have a surgery in my gums because of a tooth abscess. I had to have some stitches in some um, like skin biopsies that thankfully came back to be totally fine. But I've just had a lot of things going on. And so I didn't notice that the reason, or I guess I should say I didn't realize that the reason why I was feeling fatigued and not feeling at my best anymore was more related to cystic fibrosis than it was to all of these other health issues. So I started realizing this um, when towards the end of April or the middle of April, I started noticing that I was getting out of breath more often. Um, I knew my lung functions had been down, but I was definitely feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm getting winded from going up the steps, which isn't normal for me. Um, I also noticed that I couldn't hold 
a note to a Taylor Swift song, which, as much as I love Taylor Swift, it's not like she is a vocalist that is like Celine Dion quality, where she holds long notes and high high notes that are that are super challenging. Like singing her music is usually relatively um, easy for singers, and it was starting to become challenging. And so that's when I noticed, hey, I should probably check my lung functions again. And when COVID happened, the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation had um, given grants to a lot of CF centers so that they could give at-home PFT machines to their CF patients. And so last fall, I got one of these nifty machines. It connects to my phone. It's like super awesome because if I can't go into the clinic for a checkup or, you know, like let's say there was a COVID outbreak and I couldn't make it in or it just wasn't good for me to come in or I really wasn't feeling well, we could check my lung functions at home and kind of get an idea of what we're dealing with. And that's exactly what happened. So my pre- uh, lung function test, which is before a breathing treatment. Um, when I did my pre-test, my lung functions, my FEV1 was down to 64%. And that is not normal for me. On Trikafta, I had gotten my FEV1 lung functions up to 83% um, back in, I think, November of 2020. And so this was a drop that was concerning. And after a treatment, it only went up to like 67%, which is not a huge improvement. So I sat with that information for about a day. And I had a heart-to-heart with my husband. And I talked to Rachel about, hey, I think this is coming up. We might have to rearrange our schedules. I told my husband, you know, when will this work? Because I got to call my doctor tomorrow and figure all of it out. And when I called the doctor, I thought that they would maybe put me on an at-home inhaled antibiotic. And instead, they wanted me to come in um, as soon as I could for a tune-up. And I sat with that information for a little while, and I decided, yep, this this has to happen. It's time. It's been a couple years. And so I went in on April 26th for a tune-up, and I was in the hospital for four days, and um, then I went home with a PICC line for what was supposed to be a total of 21 days of IV medication through that PICC line. And I have to tell you, like, the four days in the hospital were, like, the easiest days I've ever had in the hospital. Everybody that I worked with was great to work with. I didn't have to like super hard advocate for myself. Like I had people that were listening to my concerns. Um, They were helping. I mean, it was probably one of the smoothest hospital stays I've ever had. But the issues came in around my pick line. And so I have to tell you that this episode um, is, yes, a life update, but I also want to talk to you about letting go of the shame of anxiety because there is this this, uh, mentality within the coaching industry that is honestly, it's called toxic positivity, where it's like you can think your way and positively think your way and affirm your way out of feelings of anxiety or difficulty. different obstacles that you are are encountering in life that are really burying you. And while that is yes, um, while that is yes, see, I'm driving. 
this is what it would be like if I was driving um, and we were talking. While that is true, that your words are powerful and that you can focus on specific things, I have learned so much about anxiety over the last couple weeks that really also paint the picture that it is also true that sometimes your body, the, the chemical uh, things happening in your body make it impossible to overcome anxiety without some medical intervention. And so I want to give you permission today, if you have struggled with anxiety at all, I want to give you permission that it is okay if you need some medical intervention. And I am sorry that there may have been people that have put this pressure on you that you have to faith your way out of medicine, that you have to positively think your way out of anxiety and depression. That is wrong on so many levels and it is not okay that 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 pressure has maybe happened to you or that you felt that from maybe not even like certain individuals but from a people group um it's not okay that that happened but I want to be the voice of encouragement and I want to give you permission to embrace where you're at and to embrace the fact that sometimes your body just needs medicine and that's what happened with me. So in 2012, when I was going through a very dark season of depression and anxiety, like my, my very first season, honestly, um, I needed medicine. I needed Xanax for the anxiety and panic attacks. I needed Zoloft for depression. And I was on those medications for probably about six months total. And um, I was able to eventually wean them off and then start using essential oils only, like topical essential oils. I use um, Valor essential oil. I use Joy essential oil and Energy. Those are the three, my three go-to essential oils that I use for my mental health and emotional health. And um, what was happening with this pick line is the thing that caused anxiety to come back in such a full-fledged force that it actually showed up in a different way. And I want to talk about that a little bit as well. So here's what happened. Um, after a week of having my pick line, I had noticed that my arm was feeling really tense and my muscles were really tense. And I asked my doctor if I could have a muscle relaxer because I thought maybe that would help. I'm starting to have headaches and neck aches. Like it, something's just wrong. I'm probably all you know, tense muscles. And when I brought that up, it was a red flag for them. So they wanted me to come in and have my uh, pick line arm um, looked at through an ultrasound to make sure that there wasn't a blood clot. I thought, no big deal. Okay. Um, I was also kind of having a pity party that day because I was upset that this was happening. I didn't like it. So I was letting myself be sad about the fact that cystic fibrosis is my lot in life. And every now and then, like about once a year, I just have to have a pity party that this is the reality that I deal with. I let myself cry it out. And then I pull on my big girl panties the next day and deal with it. Like I buck up buttercup and get it done. But First of all, Buttercup needed to cry. So Buttercup was crying. And then I had this ultrasound in my arm. And sure enough, they found a blood clot in my pick line. And it was a surface one or like a super, superficial one. So they said it doesn't require blood thinners, but we do have to pull the pick line out and put it in the other arm because that is that is what we need to do to make it safe um, for, for future use, um, just to make sure that we don't cause any other harm. So we did that, and this is when anxiety happened. 
because in 2014, I had my pick line surgeon tell me I probably couldn't have a pick line in my right arm anymore. So I hadn't been using that. But now here I am in 2021 with a blood clot in my left arm and they wanted to move it to the right arm. So I thought, okay, well, we're going to try this. And I knew that it would be a very challenging insertion because of the fact that I've had issues with some blockage and some scar tissue in my right arm. And it's always a very painful experience in my right arm. My left arm hasn't been painful, but apparently now I have issues with blood clots. But I knew that this would be a very challenging situation. So right away, I start having a little bit of fear and panic and the anxiety kicks in and my body was honestly probably already um, like pumped up with anxiety to begin with because it knew something was wrong in my pick line arm so I was having a full-fledged anxiety attack on the table when they were putting in this pick line all I could do was just let the tears flow. Like it wasn't like a sobbing cry. It was a frustrated, I don't want to do this. I want this to be done. It hurt really bad. Um, even with the medication, they, they were running into complications. And I should have asked for some anxiety medication before the procedure. Now I know better. In the future, I will always ask for it. But I didn't because I thought I could be strong enough and I thought I could positively talk my way out of it or positively think my way out of this anxiety. And guys, I couldn't. I was pulling out all of it and it wasn't working. So we get the pick line in. I'm like freaking out over all kinds of things in my mind because this is a big fear of mine, clearly. And that night, I start waking up in the middle of the night from horrible bad dreams of like chaos and health issues. And I wake up with this tension in my neck and numbness in my jaw. And it goes away after Nate talks me through it. Then it's fine. The next night, same thing happens. So finally, I call my doctor and I, I tell her that I think I need some Xanax. I said, I think I'm having anxiety. It's different than before because my anxiety used to be like heart attack type, like can't breathe tight chest type symptoms, whereas this was totally different. This was, you know, tight neck and a weird numbness in my jaw and I couldn't fix it. So they gave me some Xanax and that definitely helped. It helped that not happen. And I've, I've had to take Xanax on and off, like just a little bit of it, um, for the entire time that I had that pick line in. That pick line was only in for a week. And then they did an ultrasound on my left arm to make sure the original blood clot wasn't getting bigger. And then they did, um, at my request, a, an ultrasound on my other arm just to double check and give me peace of mind that that pick line arm was okay. And guess what? They found a blood clot in that pick line. And so they pulled out the pick line with 16 days, with only 16 days of medication. And I was okay with it. And the moment that the pick line came out, uh, like I could feel some of the anxiety leaving my body, but not all of it. It was still there a little bit. I still needed a little bit of Xanax for a few nights. And um, my, both my doctor and my husband, we had a conversation like on separate occasions that we just kind of thought whatever was triggering me was a chemical trigger in my brain because of what was happening in my body. And 
there was no way around it. I needed the medical intervention for my anxiety. Topical essential oils weren't doing it alone. Positively thinking and saying my truth statements and affirmations and praying wasn't doing it alone. Guys, I wasn't even thinking about the fears. Like I was actually pretty practical about it when it came down to, well, this is, you know, we have a plan. We know what's going to happen. Like what our options are. If we run into more complications, like I'm just going to grin and bear it. It'll be fine. It's almost over. Like I was very matter of fact with where I was at with, with options. Like once I was able to get over the initial fear of things, but there was no amount of talking myself out of it that I could do. It was simply something that needed to happen. And, and I needed to have that medical intervention for a, a little bit of time. And guys, if you have needed to have medical intervention for your anxiety, I want to remind you it's okay. Please stop putting shame on yourself for dealing with it in the first place. Please stop trying to um, stop your meds cold turkey. Gosh, that's dangerous. Um, please stop trying to only faith your way out of it. If you've done that and it and it's not working, then I want to give you permission to use the wisdom of the medical world that God has given people wisdom in and be smart about it and advocate for yourself and make sure that you have a counselor along with the medication so you can process and have healthy coping skills. Make sure that you are, you know, doing what you can with exercise and nutrition so you have everything in your tool belt to help you rise up. But please stop putting that shame on yourself. And if somebody else is putting shame on you and they're in your family or they're in your friends, bless and release them and put up some healthy boundaries around that as well. Maybe, maybe don't share everything. Uh, with people. Maybe, you know, give yourself some time to process things quietly and to, you know, process with some trusted confidants instead. Anxiety and depression is, it sucks. It's horrible. I wouldn't wish it upon anybody. And I know now, especially after having a conversation with my own counselor about this, when I have medical procedures that need to happen and they're going to involve a needle or they're going to involve some pain, like anxiety is going to be my baseline. I know that now. Anytime I've had big medical things happen that involve those type of things, anxiety is my baseline and I can't get around it. So instead of trying to deny it, instead of trying to avoid it, I am going to recognize that this is a reality of my body and I'm going to do what I can to be prepared and to set myself up with tools and resources and, and a support system that will help get me through it without making it worse. And I hope and I pray that me sharing this with you is going to help you too. I hope that it gives you permission to do the same in your own life. I hope that it gives you uh, the encouragement that you need to know that you are not alone. That's what I hope that this episode does and that my story does for you because it is so important to make sure that you are leaning into the resources available to you and the resources available to you are not just limited to holistic resources. They're not. Definitely don't abuse medicine. Definitely don't, um, you know, go it alone. 
surround yourself with the support system and the resources and the tools that you need. And that support system should include a counselor. It really absolutely should. Or a coach if it's the right atmosphere and the right need for one. Or both. We have a lot of clients that actually work with us and their counselor together, and they actually are the ones that thrive the best in these type of circumstances. So overcomers, that's my life update. Oh, actually it's not. I forgot to tell you. So the pick line came out um, and I was doing great. I finished out the antibiotic pills that they had given me and I um, went to the doctor last week for my, well, last week, because you're listening to this um, next week, but um, just a couple days ago, actually, I went for a follow-up appointment. My lung functions are back up to, get this, an FEV1 of 84%. So yay, the tune-up worked, and it pushed me above what I had been before. Guys, I haven't seen 84% in over a decade, so I'm pretty stoked about it. And um, I'm feeling better. I'm starting to have way more energy again. I am realizing that I need to guard my rest day and build that back into my life where I have one day a week during the middle of the week that is just for me where I can sleep in. I can write. I can work on my computer if I want to or need to, but I can do it in my jammies and in my time, like in the morning or in the afternoon, whatever. I can hang out with my dog, um, but I don't have to be anywhere or have to look a certain way or get myself together. Like I need that in order to be at my best. And so I need to, you know, look at changing my schedule up a bit and getting back to that because I had let it go for a while and tried to make my rest days only on the weekends and that doesn't work. Um, I also have been on long bike rides with my husband. I started running again. I finally got back to the gym after not being there for three months and it feels so great and I can tell you that all of the exercise has helped me not need Xanax for a couple nights already. Um, And I'm getting back into that. And yes, when my baseline is anxiety because of the medical procedure and I have a pick line in my arm, I can't get to the gym. That's that's not feasible. It's not good to work out with a pick line in your arm. Like I needed to give myself uh, permission and my body a chance to rest and relax. But now I'm feeling like myself again. I even did my hair and makeup the other day all together in one, like, and woke up at 4.30 a.m. to write my book. So I'm definitely feeling much better. And that is the life update that I have for you. So we will um, be with you again next week with a brand new episode with both Rachel and I having a brand new conversation. In the meantime, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or on iHeart or leave a comment if you're listening on MandyBAnderson.com. I would love to know how this episode encouraged you. I really would. And if it did encourage you, please share it. Please share it with somebody you never know who might need the encouragement to let go of the shame of their own anxiety and to rise up and get the help and support that they need. All right. We will talk to you later. Until next time, may you rise up and live and lead well. Bye-bye. Hey, guys. Thanks again for listening. Before you go, would you mind doing us a favor? We would love to hear your takeaways. So please leave us a review and a comment. You might just hear your name in a future episode when you do. This show is produced by Rayma Team Media, a division of Rayma Team LLC. If you'd like to learn more about how you can work with us, visit raymateam.com. 
That's www.rayma.team.com. All right. Our coffee is cold, so we gotta go. See you next week.